I mean, look at that. That's so many things in my mind. Live it right. Uh, according to the world, we live it wrong. But according to God's word, we live it right. If I was going to a psychiatrist out there in the world, they would emphasize self. I'm self-empowered. I can do a lot of things myself. But when I go to God's word, it's just the opposite of that is die to yourself. So there is a great battle, which most of you know that, between the two worlds. And what you have to decide is how you're going to live that. And how, if you're going to live it right or you're going to live it wrong. And, you know, a lot of Christians, they seem like they're, they're not really on the fence on that. They're on the wrong side of that. And a lot of Christians are on the right side of it. They're living life right. Uh, if, if, if the world is living it the way the only, only way they know to live it. But we can live it right. We have the power of God's Holy Spirit. We have the Word. We have the church. We have prayer. We have all kinds of things that God has given us to live it right. So we'll look in the Scriptures today and talk about living it right. Everybody like to live it right? You know, and the first thing he says, well, people say, well, you, you, to live it right, I have to do this, this, and this, and this. Well, no, you, you, you have to do what God tells you. You do what God tells you, and whatever that is, is how we live it. And that's the only way we can live it right. When we start going and we start making these lists of things that we got to do and what we can't do, you're going to fail. You're just going to fail because we can't live up to the list. We can't live up to the Ten Commandments. It was a law. It's the Mosaic law. We can't live it. And that's why the cross was necessary. That's why Christ was necessary to show us that there is a better way. There's another way because we can't live it that way. And so if you've got a list in your, in your life that says you're going to do this, this, and this, well, you just throw it away. It's not about that. When you come to Christ and your life truly changes, you don't need a list. It becomes your life. And so you live it right. Does that make sense? That's just, it's no harder than that. And I don't know why we try to complicate it so much. It's just not that difficult. I've got some, I got some cash here. Look at this. There's a whole, there's, it starts out with a 20, and there's all kinds of, there's a bunch of ones there. And then I got this, everybody like that? I just open up the front window. Okay, let me ask. Let, I'll just go with that one. If I open up and throw it, what happens? You've seen that on TV before where they make the movies and the money's falling out of the window and everybody goes nuts, you know? Now, I don't know. I might go nuts with them. I don't know. I mean, there's money coming out of the sky. I mean, I'm going to probably, you know, who knows? But what if, it, what if you open up the window and you throw out counterfeit money, fake money? Who goes nuts over that? Would, well, Amy would. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the real stuff here, and I've got the fake stuff. Now, that's, that's the way it is with us. We have the real Christ that lives in us. We have the, we're the real thing, or you're the fake thing. Now, let me ask you, if they come running after the money that's coming out of the sky, if it's the real money, don't they all just go flying towards it and want it? Yeah. If you're living the life right, if you're doing it right, if you're living it right, don't people come and gravitate towards you because you've got something, you're showing something in your life that is totally different, that's totally opposite than they're used to? And they, they kind of gravitate towards that. Now, if, you've got a, if you claim that you're a Christian and all that, but you're, you're living a life of, of counterfeit, of fake, what does that do? They're not coming after it. It's, it's phony, and they know it more than you know it. And so we have this choice to make, to live it right or to live it wrong. 
Now, everybody wants the right money. Let me throw it. No. <laughs> but I want to do one other thing before we get started. I'm going to pray, and then I want you to stand up and shake hands with everybody. And I want the people over here to go over here and over there. I'll give you about five minutes. I just want you to know each other, okay? Because some of you guys don't even know each other. We have uh, Casey up here on stage now. He's, there's Casey. That, I love that boy. I've known him for probably, what, 20 years, Casey? Yeah, he worked for me for nine years. He's been in and out of the church here for a couple of years. And I uh, asked him if he'd like to do music, and he says, yeah, it would hold him accountable. Isn't that great? I love it. So I want you to meet Casey, too. He's, he's just, I can't speak highly enough good words of Casey. I know him very, very well. He's a good young man. Let's pray first, and then we'll stand and just shake hands with everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come together, Lord, to live this life right, Lord, we look to the scriptures and to the word to understand that. So, Lord, I ask you this morning, as we come together as a family of God, a church and a family, that we, uh, we help each other to live it right. We know that living it wrong is, is, is everywhere. We see it, it's, it's everywhere. But to live it right, Lord, it's what you've called us to. So, Lord, I just ask you to bring the Holy Spirit up on all our lives this morning, whether they know you or they don't know you, Father, that you just open their hearts to hear the words that are about to be spoken from your word of the Bible. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Everybody stand and let's shake hands. It's going to be a good day. You're a good young man. Thank you, Josh. 
much. Mm-hmm. Love you, man. Love you too. Okay. 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 Everybody about ready? Might have been a mistake. <laughs> okay. Enough loving. <laughs> huh? Need my air horn. Y'all had a good time there. Turn them up. All right. Now, what what did we just accomplish here? These are these are the ones. These are the wonderful people that God has put in your life. To help you live it right. This church, it's a family. God brought us together. Some of us never knew each other from the beginning. I didn't hardly know anybody from the beginning. So it's something that God is bringing together to live this life right. We're to embrace each other, to love each other, to work with each other, to hold each other accountable, and live a life right. God gives us these wonderful people, wonderful blessings around us. And as, as uh, not just this church, but all churches, we need to learn to live it right.
first verse this morning is, is out of 1 Corinthians 1.18, and it's, uh, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, to those that choose to live a different type of life, a completely different type of life. It's foolish. It doesn't mean anything. But to us, it should mean everything. I, w- I want to stress that a little more. I want you See, the, the reason we live it right and we do it right is because it's in us. It's who we are. Not ifs and don'ts or things we have to do and not do, but it's be- who we become in Christ. We're part of that. And therefore, I do it right because that's my life. That's who I have become. The other, other, other world is it's, it's foolish to me. I don't want any part of it. So there's a true difference here. And the same thing goes with them. For the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. Notice the word perishing. That's a, that's a, a word they put in there because it means dying. It means you're, 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 you're losing it. Your life is falling apart. There's an end to it. It's a, it's a wake-up call. Who are perishing, but to us who are saved, okay, we're not perishing, we're being saved. And that'll go good with this with the lesson this morning. We're talking about death and flesh and things like that. Those that are of the flesh are perishing. Those who are in the spirit are living. We're being saved from perishing from death. It is the power. Look at there. Everybody say the power of God. It's the power of God. It's not the power of Jeff or the power of John or the power of Paul. It's the power of God. Now, God gives us tools to increase our life, to make our life joyful and, and meaningful and help other people. You have different gifts, and what are they for? They're to encourage each other, to lift each other up, so we can all live a life right. When you were in the world, in, 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 in that flesh, you were living a life wrong. I mean, the reason you're here is because you wanted to change. You recognized that, that your life wasn't going great. And by the grace of God, he picked on your heart a little bit. He opened up some, that heart and planted some words, and you started to, to gravitate towards Christ. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Everybody say the power of God one more time. Your whole life. Whenever you get to thinking that you've done it all, it's the power of God in you. And that's important because if you want to show God's glory, you've got to always recognize it's the power of God. And that brings great humility to your life when you realize it's not me. You remove God, you remove Christ from my life, and I'm back to where I was. So it's not me. It had nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the power of God. When you embrace that, your life changes. With the flesh, life is ending. Everybody say that. With the flesh, life is ending. With the soul, life is eternal. So who's eternal? The ones that know Jesus Christ. Amen? You. You're eternal. And if you can get this into your heart and your mind, it will help you be an evangelist towards the lost that are perishing. You'll know that there's something totally wonderful about your life, and it's God. And the, the, your neighbor or that person next to you does not have it. Now, if, if, if you're a, a wonderful person in God and you're living it right, that, that, that should just flow out of you. I heard a young lady this morning tell me when I was talking to my office, said that people are wanting, wanting what she has. 
Well, that's what I'm talking about. We have three girls getting baptized this morning. You three, three girls stand up, please. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, girls. I spend time with these girls. Vicky spends time with them. I spend time with them. We want to make sure it's done right. Now, when I opened up this church, I said, I'm about building the kingdom of God. That hasn't changed. I love for the church to build and grow, but it's got to be a strong church. It's got to be a church under the word of God, under the power of God, that love each other. Some of these girls we won't see again. They're going to go home to different places. But we've given them a start. Amen? We've planted a seed. We, they've, they've come to know Christ. And they want to follow him. Some of them we will keep knowing. We have been blessed as a church over and over again because it's the power of God. With the flesh, life is ending. With the soul, life is eternal. We'll read this here at 8.13 of Romans. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Everybody read that for me. Is that hard to understand? I mean, that's, that, that's God's word. That's Paul writing in the Romans, writing to the Romans. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. There's no question about that. You're going to die. And he means an eternal death. That's what he's talking about. But it says, there's, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will, everybody say, live. Live. Why is that complicated? It's not. And once you start to, to understand God and understand what God's word is about and what it says, this becomes more alive to you. It becomes passion in your life. That you are thankful. And one of the things a Christian has got to be is thankful that they have got broken that, that God has broken that for them, and they're not in the flesh. They are now in the spirit of truth. My goodness, we should be thankful for that. Every day we ought to be thankful for that. The only thing I can contribute to the cross, and listen to this, the only thing I contribute to the cross was the sin that made it necessary. That's the only thing I contributed to the cross. There is no, there's nothing I can do to add to that cross, except I put the sin, and that's what made it necessary. I can do nothing else. And you've got to get that in your mind. You can do nothing. That cross stands on its own by the grace of Jesus Christ. It's for our freedom. And the reason I'm going to pound this so much is because I, I, get, I really I hear these Christians say, well, I say, well I'm, if I do this good enough, I'll make it. Oh, that just kind of, I said, you don't know the word of God. It's not about what you do. You've got to live it right because it's in you. And that's the biggest thing I hear over and over and over again. Well, if I do this and do that, I think I'll make it to heaven. First of all, you can know you can go to heaven. You don't have to think. You can know it. You read that out of, out of 1 John. You can know it. The only thing, the only thing that you contributed to the cross was your sin. There's no other way. It was your sin. It made it necessary because we can't live by the law. The Ten Commandments. In Galatians 6.14, now, I read an article this week. Everybody like Billy Graham? Boy, that dude's been around a long time, hasn't he? You talk about a man of God. I know some young people don't know who Billy Graham is, but you really need to go Google Billy Graham. He has preached to more people, to billions throughout the world than any man that ever lived. He's a wonderful man. His son, Frank and Graham, are wonderful people. I had a lady one time tell me that she doesn't have to pay attention to Billy Graham. I said, well, no, you don't. You don't have to pay attention to him. But why wouldn't you? 
Why wouldn't you? He's a good man. He's, I think he's about 98 right now. When he was 95 years old, he grabbed a hold of this. At 95, the man that's preached to him, more people in the world than anybody that's ever lived, at 95, he grabs a hold of this scripture. He doesn't put it just in his bedroom. His son, Franklin Graham, wrote it. He put it in his mirror in his bathroom. He put it in every single room. He wrote this scripture down, and he taped it to his walls in every room in his house. Now, why did he do that? Because this meant something to him. And it should mean something to us. This is one verse because he needed it. It says here, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, all the things that he's done, all the things in the world that he's done, all the, the great wonderful crusades and all the stuff, it would be easy for Satan to say, look what you've done, Billy boy. And don't you imagine he's attacked continually, even in an old age? But he looks at this, he says, it wasn't me, it was the power of God. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's humility. Not just humility in one room, but humility through his house. By whom the world has been crucified to me. In other words, the world doesn't, the world is not part of his life. The word of God is part of his life. Amen? There's a true separation. He's living it right. He lived his right life right. He's going to finish right. He's done it right. The world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Both ways. He wants no part of the world, although he's a great evangelist. But he wants the world to want what he's got. He doesn't want what the world's got. Is that a struggle with everybody? Man, come on now. It's a struggle, isn't it? We struggle with that. We're so we want what the world's got more than we want what God's got to give us. We've got to get past that. We've got to be crucified. Let the world be crucified to us. And me to the world. It's a wonderful verse that Billy has put upon his wall. First Corinthians 1 23, it says, But we preach Christ crucified. That means there is no other way. I'm pounding on this today. There is no other way. Don't tell me how many good things you do in life. That should be what you do. It should be natural. That should just be natural to treat each other good. But to treat each other in the words of Christ, with the love of God, sometimes we have to do things that are hard and tough. Amen? And it don't look good. But yet it's what we're called to do. And we do it. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews. It is a stumbling block. And the Jews means anybody outside of Christ. And to the Gentiles, foolishness, which is anybody outside of Christ. It's foolish to them. You ever go up to, especially the teenagers, you ever go up and they go to, go to your work and you start talking about Jesus? What do you think happens? Yeah, sometimes it can be really, really, really crazy at times what goes on. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, and other times you can drag, pull them in that way. Hear it right. If we're going to live it right, i got to hear it right. Amen? I've got to hear it right. Now, this is a MSA 30X sound amplifier. Some of us need a big sound amplifier in our ear or put it on our heart. We need to hear it right. We need to hear the scriptures right. We need to hear it right, take it in right, and live it right. God will never work to build your self-glory or pride. 
Everybody figure that out? It's not going to work. But guess who will? Everybody say Satan will. Yeah, he will. God will never do that. So whenever you're building your self-centeredness or pride, or you're trying to get glory for something you're doing for God or whatever, understand you're under attack. That's not God because that's not how God, that's not how it works. That's not how God works. We are to build God up, to build his glory up, and it works through us. Satan will attack you that way. That's a good way of doing it. If you've got to be the, the smartest person in the room all the time when you're talking about God or whatever, well, guess what? You're under attack. You're just under attack. You need to realize that. 1 Corinthians 3.18, let no one deceive himself. Now, how, does, how do we deceive ourselves? Well, believing the lie we want to believe. You've heard it enough, so you just keep believing this thing or whatever you want it to believe. Well, if, if, I, if I do this or I do that, I'll just keep believing it, and that's the way it's going to be, period. Well, you're deceiving yourself. If it doesn't come out of the Word of God, then it's not from God. This is it. This is it. Pick it up. Read it. Learn who God is in your life. Keep your life close to God and invite the Holy Spirit to run your life. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become what? Wise. Does that sound like a difficult thing? You ever deal with people that know it all? I don't care if you're talking about a baby doll or if you're talking about nuclear science, they know it all. You ever been around those people? Man, I have. You know what, how many words you get in? None. It's like, man, this guy is so smart. They know it all. They know everything. And it's like, where in the world do they get all this education? Well, they're deceiving themselves. They haven't been to school all their life to understand all this stuff. They're deceiving themselves. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Now, that we're, we're talking about the Word of God. So if somebody gets in here and they're, and they're wanting you to hear the Word of God, but yet they're being very foolish with it in the way they live their life, then they have deceived themselves. Now, like I said, like we talk about the counterfeit money. How can I preach the Word of God if I'm turning around and I'm involved in things that are not right? Time out. It don't go together, right? It doesn't go together. It doesn't work that way. You can't make it work that way, and God's not going to allow it to work that way. Let no one deceive himself. Now, why they put that in there? It's because of that. You've got to understand, you can deceive yourself. It's done all the time. There's great men of God out there that have been deceived themselves. They're under attack. They're there. They do it. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, you've got to ask yourself these questions. Let him become a fool. In other words, humble. Humiliate yourself. Let, let that happen. Let that take place. That he may become wise, because you can't become wise until you realize where you are and who you are. Does that make sense to y'all? First Corinthians one thirty-one. It says that as it is written, "He who glories, let him glory in who." The Lord. I can't glory in myself. I can't glory in anything. You got to glory in the Lord because it is the power of God. It's the power of God. You can read your scriptures. You can find men that have, or women even that have gone through life trying to live in their own power and trying to steal the power of God. It won't work. It never will work. And so God gives us this. Says, just live your life right. 
do it right, live it right. It's not difficult. Although it can be hard and stressful if you stay on the other side too much. Living it right. We may fall. Now, we may fall while on this path. We can fall. There's no doubt about it. But we get up. Amen? You get up. You don't wallow around in it and just stay there because you fell. You get up. You've got the power of God in you. Why are you playing around with this? Admit what you've done. Become humble. Get up. But get up and are never fully content unless we follow Jesus. So when I get up, I want to be content because I'm following Christ right. I've put the hearing aid in. I'm listening to it right. I'm hearing it right. I'm going to follow him right. We get up and we keep going. We're going to get into Romans chapter 8 in a minute. But the heart of, the, heart of flesh hears the flesh. But the heart of Christ hears his truth. Amen? You can go through John chapter 10, read about the shepherd who hears my voice. You can go all over the place and get these same verses. The heart of the flesh hears the flesh. You got your ears on the flesh. And the heart of the people that live for Christ hears the truth. The word of truth does not become foreign to you. It becomes who you are. In Romans chapter 8, 1 through 8, we're going to get going here. I know you BSFers are studying Romans. It's a wonderful book, beautiful book. Uh, 1 through 7 is just an amazing book. When you get to chapter 8, it's, here's where we start. There is therefore now no condemnation. Is that the right how you pronounce that? That means wrath. That means hell. That means, uh, I wrote this down. Uh, out of our dictionary, what it, what it means, and it says, uh, give it to you right. The state of being condemned in the hopeless, hopeless hour of condemnation. In other words, you're condemned. But it says here, there is, there is therefore now, right now. Everybody say now. Now. No. Everybody say no. Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So what are you worried about? Why you got to tell me, well, I hope I make it to heaven? There ain't no hope. You know you're going to heaven. I have hope because I know I'm going to heaven. If I say, well, I, I hope I make it to heaven, well, man, how can I live life like that? i got to make sure I walk. How many sweet elderly ladies across the street to make it to heaven? Well, come on, tell me. I don't know. How many good deeds do I got to do? That's not the way it works. There is therefore no condemnation. In other words, none. I don't have to worry about it. I know where I'm going. Amen? You can know where you're going. Now, Satan will try to fool you, try to throw things and obstacles at you, but you can know. To those who are in Christ Jesus, now that, that, that splits us apart again. To those that are the real thing, the real thing, to those that are the real thing, I can know. Who do not walk according to the what? Flesh. I walk according to what God tells me to walk. I'm living it right. Amen? Everybody say live it right. Now, come on, say it right. Live it right. Live it right. Now, you got to remember that. Write it down in your Bible. Live it right. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, everybody say, free. I mean, say, free. Because you're free. Amen? That's going to be something to be excited about. I am free. 
There once was a time I wasn't free, but I'm free. My goodness, I'm free. And it was nothing to do with me, which really makes it cool. It had everything to do with Christ. Because it had anything to do with me, I'd be a mess. I'd still be wondering what I'm going to, I'm going to make it or not. I don't have to wonder. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death, we go back to the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments. It was weak because we can't live that way. Now, if you haven't noticed, it's an evangelistic sermon. It's to help people realize it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's what Paul's trying to stress. It's all about Jesus. All about Jesus. Not you, but Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I no longer have to return to, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. It didn't work. And it will never work. And that's why God gave it to us so we could see it wouldn't work, so we can understand the power of the cross. In verse 3 it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, because the flesh, everybody sins. Everybody say everybody sin? Everybody agree with that? You know what else the Bible says? Not one good. No, not one. Where none of us are good. Because you have to have the determination of what good is. And that determination would come from your own mind, which can deceive you. So we have to have a determination where good is. We have to have it. And the only place we can get is right here, is the word of truth. Without it, it's whatever you think it is, in which Satan can play with that. So for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's an amazing, amazing verse. If you just think about what that's saying, that God himself removes himself from heaven and puts on this decaying flesh. Now, I don't know how many people have lived in this world since from the beginning to the end. I know there's about, what, six or seven billion people right now. So if we doubled that, let's say there's, I don't know, let's say it's a sort of round number of 15 billion people that's lived from Genesis to now. Is that okay with everybody? Now, I know my life. I know the sin that's been in my life. Guess what? It ain't one or two. <laughs> it bunches, isn't it? Bunches of sin. Y'all agree with me? I mean, just, just one life. Come here. You're all right. Come here. This is a sweet little girl. Now, she's, she's just like the rest of us. She's got stuff in her life. Amen? Now, she's just little. Do you know how many sins are in her life? Well, they're washed away because she belongs to Christ. But before that, bunches, right? Yeah, just like me. Only I got more because I'm older. Bunches. So, thank you, baby. So, let's take the sins out of this one life, me or you, and let's just multiply that by 15 billion. How much weight is that? How much sin is that? How much darkness is that? How much ugliness is that? Isn't that a bunch? Now, you pick all that 15 billion and multiply it by all the sins you have. Let's say you have 10,000 sins. Well, what's 10,000 times 15 billion? I don't know. A whole bunch. You take all that and you put it on the cross. You put it on one man. One man that got on a cross. He put all that weight, all that darkness on one man, and it killed him. It killed him because of our filth. But yet, because he is God, 
and he lived a perfect life, and he was able to take all of the sin, all this weight, and all this darkness. God rose him from the dead that we can become like him, new. Amen? Now, that's a whole lot of sin, isn't it? That's a whole lot of evil. That's a whole lot of darkness. And babies are being born today, and they're going to grow up, and that darkness is going to be implanted back on Christ. All the ugliness of the world, all the wars, all the battles, all that was piled on him. From the beginning of time to the end of time, it's all piled on him, and he was able to take it. I can't even handle the sin in my life, but I think I can control my life, and God better listen to me. Man, we are fools. We are fools. We think we can control God when he did something like that for us. We think we know it right. And then we think we can live our life right because we know what's best for us. See, we got to let God take our lives. Let him allow us to live for him according to what he says. We've got to hear him. We've got to hear him. We've got to take it in. And then we've got to live it right. Amen? Did I emphasize that enough, you think? I'm giving myself a headache. <laughs> okay. Starting three again. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. In verse 4, that is the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us to do to who do not walk according to the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law, if there's a law, there's a penalty for breaking the law. Amen? There's a penalty. There's a payment. I mean, we live our laws today pretty much the same way as the Word tells us. There's a payment for that. Somebody's got to pay it. And that's what Jesus is about. Be fulfilled in us do not, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Therefore, my sins are paid for. Not by me, not by my good deeds, not anything. The only reason I do good works is because God implanted in my heart to do good works. Amen? That's the only reason. It's because he put it in me to do it. I didn't do it before, so I'm not going to do it now. He changed me. He implanted it in you to do it. Those good works don't take you to heaven. That's how we do life right. I'm just doing it right. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of what? Everybody say the flesh. So if you're living according to the flesh, then your mind is set on the, everybody say flesh, set on the flesh. Now why is Paul writing this down in such detail for the Romans? Because they, he knows they need to hear this. Why are we still preaching it? Because I need to hear it. You need to hear it. You need to hear it. You need to take it in. Hear it. Live it. Live this life right. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Aren't you glad you're not living towards the flesh anymore? The ones that have set the crown, aren't you glad? Let me ask you that. When you do something wrong, do you know it? Does it, does it hit you right here? I mean, I mean, if you, if you, whatever, it, I don't care what it is. It don't have to be something terrible. If you lie to your spouse, you say, well, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But a lot of people do it. Well, my wife don't need to hear where I was at last night. She don't need to hear that. Well, that's telling her a lie. It don't really matter. She'll never find out. Take all those things and put it on a cross. That cross is getting heavier and heavier, isn't it? 
Those who live according to the flesh. That's living towards the flesh. You say, well, it, it really doesn't matter. It mattered to God. It mattered to God. He sent his son to die for that sin. And you want to act like it's no big deal. Well, it mattered to Jesus. He's the one that put all the weight, all the darkness on it. And we take it like it's all big, big deal. Just go out and have a nut. Just go out and get drunk one more time. No big deal. We're foolish. We've deceived our own minds. For those who are living according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. You want to live for God? If you're living it right, guess what? Your mind's not on the flesh. You may fall like we talked about earlier, but you get up. You get back with God's people. You ask for prayer. You're heartbroken over it. You get up and you do it right and you live life right. Amen? Is this difficult? Well, it must be because the church sure has a problem with it. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Guess what? The Bible. You put your mind on this. You get out of bed. You get your Bible out. Maybe your journal out. And you write and you pray. You say, well, I got to go to work. Well, so do I. And I ain't no better than you. Put your mind on God. I'm trying to help you live it right. That's all I'm trying to do. Just like Paul wrote this down. We're just trying to live it right. You know, it's not fun having discord in your life, having things messed up in your life. It's not fun when you lie to your wife or the wife lies to the husband. And you, for the next 10 days, you've got to make sure you keep that lie in place. That's really not good, is it? But I'm pretty sure everybody here has probably done that. If you're married or boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, parents or whatever. That's not no fun. That's not the way to live. That's why God says, God says don't do it. It hurts you. Sin hurts you and hurts those around you. How much have your sin that you've done hurt other people? Yeah, it hurts. It's not all about you. But that's part of that dying to self. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We're about to close here. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded, which is fleshly minded, is death. Boy, Paul just pounds on this, doesn't he? This is not me. I'm not just, this is Paul. Man, he just pounds on it. The Word of God, God and the Spirit gave Paul this. He wrote it down so we can live our lives. Verse 6 again. For the carnal mind is death. Everybody say it's death. I think we started with this in another verse somewhere. It's so important God continues to write it down over and over and over again. For the carnal mind is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and, everybody say, peace. Don't you want peace? Quit lying. Quit stealing. Quit thieving. Quit whatever. Just quit it. Turn your, my old friend D.G. Morris, you say your wonder's wrong. Turn your wonder something else. Turn, you want God. You want the things of God. Not the things of the flesh so much. There's nothing wrong with materialism. It's just when it becomes your God, something wrong with it. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and the peace. Christians that want to live in peace, you got to live life right. You just got to live it right. You just got to live it right. Because the carnal mind, everybody give me that word. Enmity, right? 
Enmity. I struggle with that word. Enmity. This is a word for enemy. I wrote that, and I wrote that down. It says, it's a deep, unfriendly feeling. So this word is a deep, something deep in your heart that's unfriendly feeling. So because of the carnal mind has entered me, a deep, unfriendly feeling against God. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Because, see, your mind is already set against God because you know, most people know that to follow God is a different life pattern. It's a different lifestyle. And so it's, a, it's this deep feeling. You don't want to do it, but you know you need to do it. I hear people say, well, I'll come to God later in my life. Well, I hope you make it later in your life, and you probably won't then anyway. Age 69, if you just want to know the truth about it, it's pretty much a study. It's a cutoff date. Now, I've known people that are over 69 that come to the Lord, but 69 is usually it. Because you've lived 69 years, and you've heard it all, you know it all, you've seen it all, but you don't want it all. So most people, if they reach age 69, you can tell me when you're 75, you'll come to Christ. Most likely not going to happen, according to the statistics. Because the carnal mind is, can I just use the word enemy? Is an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, the Ten Commandments, the Mosaic Law. See, those are the way we're supposed to live. And because we can't live that way, because the flesh is weak, then there had to be another way, in which the cross is the other way. It's subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So, verse 8, so then, those who are in the flesh, everybody say the last three words. Let's say it again. If what? If you're in the what? Flesh. Can't please God. You, you, you think you can. You, you have deceived your mind. You think, well, I'll, I'll go to church next week. That'll please God. Oh, yeah, thank you a lot. Now, what, what pleases God is to accept his son in your life. That he can take remove the sins from your life and keep them removed. And then live the life right. Live it right. You want to please God? Live it right. Amen? Live it right. Music team, come on up. Live it right. Verse 8, one more. Oh, where is verse 8? Yep, back the other way. Yeah. I done messed up, John. Everybody close your eyes. Eh? Come on, thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Girls, the one's getting baptized. Donna, will you please go on over there and get ready? Yeah, no, go on to the words for the week. Leave it there. You did not see that. This way, this way. There's a card on my thing this morning. I used to pass out these cards years ago. And you turn it one side way and it says life. You turn it the other way and it says death. Pretty cool, isn't it? That's what it's about. Life and death. That's what we're talking about. 
life in this world, we can live it right if we live it according to God. You don't have to deal with the drama. You don't have to deal with all the junk. Although you, if you stay in God and you love God and you deal with the drama, you're on your own now. You don't have to deal with that. You can stay away from that stuff. You don't have to go there. Rise above that. Christ can take you above it. That's usually self-inflicted stuff anyway. Live it right. What's the words for the week? All right, give it to them, guys. Everybody stand. Empowered for God's glory by the Holy Spirit, we can live it right. Everybody say amen. amen. If you want to live it right, learn who the Holy Spirit is in your life. Embrace that and do it right. I'm going to open up the tables.